You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And welcome to another edition of Business in Black. This is Danita Harris, your host, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. And um, today we're talking about types of leadership styles. I'm going to apologize now. I've been a little sick and um, my voice still isn't 100% back, but definitely wanted to um, talk about these different kinds of leadership styles that uh, often we see in the workplace. And so you can take a little bit of a self-assessment of you and the type of leader that you are with your group. So... Um, you know, it's very important about the way and the type of leader that you are, the the way that you um, manage and lead and the type of leader you are. It might be a hybrid. It might be dead on one or another. We're going to go through several here. But um, it's very important because there's so many different types of people, right? So if you consider the fact that there are different types of people who need a little bit of different type of leadership. Now, what is that to say? Well, there's all different kinds of personalities in the world. And with all different kinds of personalities, um, they found, I think there was about 16 core personalities that they have found. And as a result um, they've determined um, that these are the core ones and then their variations off of those um, types of personalities. Well, from that, that means we can't, we cannot become a leader of just one kind of person. We can't lead the way only that we would want to receive leadership. We have to be very open to different types of styles because different types of leaderships have different effects on people. So um, keeping that in, in mind, I'll also say that um, um, people, different people need different kinds of leadership and it will demote, it will, um, excuse me, not demote, but it will actually uh, help them become a more productive employee or it will act actually uh, deflate their, um, their ego and their, um, their well-being to not be as productive as an employee. So, um, just keep those things in mind as you go about leading people. And, uh, it's a very tender touchy subject. I know Sally Fields um, from the the cookie store had said before that um, she loved the, the, the business of being in business, but her least favorite thing to do was to manage people. And it really is a lot. It really is a lot because you're dealing with different personalities. You're dealing with different um, upbringings. It's just like being in a relationship with all the people that you manage. Imagine that as if one person isn't hard enough to forge out a relationship. You have to manage and maintain different people, different ways. So it could be very difficult, but, you know, it can be done and it can be done well. So we're going to just jump right into this. Um, and I think the first one we're going to talk about is what's called a participant leader. And this is someone who's often been called like a democratic leader, um, but they value the input of the team, the members, uh, the team members, excuse me, the peers, but the ultimate responsibility and making a final decision rests on them. 
So they are good for people um, who need that employee morale boost because employees, you know, they make a contribution to the decision-making process. They may not take your entire idea, but at least they acknowledge the fact that they've heard your idea, that they embrace the fact that you gave an opinion, maybe not the fact that you gave that particular idea, but they welcome the fact that you've given an opinion and they've used maybe some element of your opinion this time, maybe not this time, maybe next time, maybe last time they did, but they really are engaging with the team um, in order to um, change things that are going on in the company that need to be changed. And this type of leadership style, a participative leadership style, really helps employees accept change easy because they've played a role in the process. It's kind of like, you know, you go to the child and say, hey, you know, what do you think your punishments should be? According to the way you know we punish, what do you think your punishment should be? And then you have a dialogue and then you come back and say, well, we weren't able to give you that kind of a punishment, but we can do this kind of a punishment. Um, or we weren't able to make that kind of a positive change. We were able to give you just this portion of it, but let's keep working and we may be able to get the rest of it in. So the only time this this particular style meets a challenge is when things need to happen quick, right? On the dime, quick, in a minute, turn. Uh, it might leave you a little scathed in the area of time because when you're allowing everyone to have a voice and let's say you have different people on different days with different shifts and you want to encompass everyone, then you've got to wait. And instead you can't make this quick decision. So that's the only drawback of a participative leader, but that is number one. I think we're going to go maybe through about, Oh, maybe about five of these. There's several different ones that you could look up online. But um, I, I want to point out some good and some bad. And so, you know, we'll see how it goes. But um, participative leader, someone who encompasses everybody in their um, decision-making. Uh, and it really makes the employees feel like they've been heard. So that's, um, that's the first kind of leader that we're going to have. So the next leader, um, let's talk about the autocratic leader, since a lot of people know that particular kind of leader. So the autocratic leadership style um, is where managers making a decision alone without the input of anybody. Um, they have the total authority and it's whatever they say goes. No one ever challenges the decision of this person. And to be honest, certain countries really have this down well. Uh, Cuba, North Korea are two. But this leadership style is definitely um, micromanagement. It is not a, a very lax environment. It does not really bow well for creative people at all. It, it is a stifling type of environment. Um, this is probably good for like places where you are making factory line 
things, items, and you just need the job done. Um, as opposed to the, the complete opposite, a participative leader where everybody is included. This one is saying, nope, I know everything. I'm, I, you know, this is the way this is going to run. And there are no questions about it. Uh, the problem with that happening here in America is we have a freedom. We have a freedom of thought. We have a freedom of speech. We have a freedom of, of everything. And so employees will push back. Employees will ask questions. Employees will give suggestions. Employees will say, well, hey, how come we don't do it this way? That doesn't make sense. So in that, you know, an autocratic style of leadership really is a stifling type of leadership um, that just squeezes out the life of what a leader is really should be, in my opinion. It's more of that person that is on the throne and um, they don't really want to hear what anyone really has to say. And with that, Dr. Hughes has finally joined us. She had some technical difficulties this morning. Dr. Hughes, it's okay. (laughs) It happens. Um, But we're uh, talking about the types of leadership styles uh, over in your chat. Um, I posted some things for you. And so we just finished reviewing the participative, participative style of leader, which is one who um, wants everybody's opinion and one who embraces everybody's opinion. And then from those opinions, they may not uh, embrace the actual opinion, but they appreciate the fact that you cook, you know, gave something into the decision-making process, and then they make an ultimate decision. Um, And the challenge behind that would be um, if you have to make a decision in a short period. And then number two we were on is the um, autocratic, which is everybody's least favorite type of leadership. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because it's stifling. Uh, actually, the, the 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 source that I pulled from um, says that uh, they uh, the 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 Chronicle, Small Business Chronicle, uh, they say that autocratic is the most stifling, but it thrives well in Cuba and North Korea, yes. which I thought was interesting because um, you know I I just don't think it's going to fly here in America. We have too many questions. We want to know why we, um, you know, we have ingenuitive people who have, you know, thoughts and like, hey, how come you don't try it this way? It seems like it would work better. Um, Ingenuity. And so uh, autocratic doesn't really bow well for people. Now, I, I think it bows well for people who are in the assembly line. Right. It works well in um submissive environments. Correct. That's, I mean, that's what it boils down. If you, if if any type of submissive environment, autocratic leadership styles work very, very well. Um, They work very, very well in environments where um, the people have been uh, mentally abused at times, you know, to kind of bring them down to a level where they are forced to be submissive, even if they don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of um, think about um, oppressive environments. That's the other one. So submissive and oppressive environments, mm-hmm. um, autocratic leadership 
works very well. Mm, mm. And that's not going to work here in America because we, <laughs> like uh, Ms. Harris says, we ask too many questions. It's too much ingenuity, right. um, too much innovation here. Correct. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, um, we're too developed as a yeah. nation, um, even though, you know, in spite of our differences, we're, we're, we're way too developed and advanced and that's not to say smarter. That's to say right. that we are taught from birth, yes. you know, do whatever you want, be whoever you want to be. And I just uh, perhaps think that the people of Cuba and North, um, excuse me, North Korea and other countries like them are not taught that they're shaped to believe that, nope, this is the way, if this is how Castro wants it, this is how Castro gets it. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And so you do what they say, period. And we're here saying fight the power and, you know, push back and resist. And, you know, we're, we're leading protests and all of that sort of thing. So, well, that's um, how Gaddafi was a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, a similar style um, and they all have their reasons for, you know, that style of, of leading and, you know, it's all in the best interest of the people and it's this and it's that. So uh, there are good qualities to it. If you look at the system of their, their economy and how certain things are, mm-hmm. but, With autocratic leadership, you need to balance that with another style of leadership, just like democratic leadership is good, but it needs to be balanced because everything can't be democratic. Sometimes you just need to make an executive decision decision. and this is it. So, you know, it's one of those leadership styles that has to be balanced with something else. Right. Well, those are the first two out of, I don't know, maybe five, maybe five and a half that we're going to talk about this morning. Um, You're listening to Business in Black. And today we're talking about types of leadership styles that you can possess as a leader. Uh, And again, you have all different kinds of people that you're managing. So you probably need to encompass a little bit of all, but there's going to be a a dominant one that you're totally used to um, projecting out. So um, just, you know, take some into consideration and uh, see how you can polish yourself out and become and develop into a a better leader. Excuse me. So you're listening to Business in Black. We're a weekly podcast where we talk all things business growing, uh, starting, growing, and developing your business. And we'll, we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back. Uh, you're listening to Business in Black. And today we're talking about types of leadership styles. Um, of the type of leader that you are, and that you want to be. So we talked about a first and second one, a participative, which is more of a, it's kind of a democratic leadership, but not a hundred percent. And the, um, uh, you know, the one we all hate, the autocratic, which is kind of like a micromanager. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Um, they're going to be constantly checking over your work and it doesn't really well for a thriving environment where you want to give power and empower your employees. So um, let's talk about a servant leader. We talk about this lot a lot in Christianity. And a servant leader is um, someone who prefers sharing the power. 
Um, they share, um, they prioritize well in what needs to happen with their team. They encourage, again, a, a collective decision similar to the participative. But um, this type of a leader is typically um, an altruistic leader, right? So they um, can improve diversity. They can improve morale, boost morale. But um, the servant leaders tend to lack authority, they seem to like, it's kind of like the parent that says, we want to be friends. And so when it's time to bring the hammer down, it makes them a little bit on the short end of the stick when it's time to really um, hone in and discipline staff for uh, issues that they have. Um, and you know, they, they oftentimes will put the employees ahead of the business objectives. So they're more concerned with the development of the employees as opposed to the goals of the business, which we know all the goals of the business are what? Sales, right. <laughs> productivity. And so they're so concerned that at, at times that it can, it can really make them fall short. Yeah, they focus, uh, servant leaders are very much uh, team-oriented, team-focused, and um, they tend to be um, uh, meek and generous to a fault at times, mm -hmm. and, that can, and they can be easily taken advantage of. This is another one of those leadership styles that need to be balanced, mm -hmm. another leadership style, because, or, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you have two parents, both of them can be woo, woo, woo. You know, you got to have one that has the woo, 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 and one that's going to be like, listen, like mm -hmm. crack the whip because, and, and have that healthy balance because, I mean, servant leaders can create a positive uh, corporate culture. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you need that balance again that says these are this is the organization's order. This is the hierarchy. This is the policies and procedures. And you need to work within these parameters. And um, servant leaders can do that. Um, but again, they're very team focused, team oriented. So they need this is another one of those um, leadership styles that really need to be balanced with another one. Um, you typically see servant leaders, um, they're also considered transformational leaders. So you see those two go kind of hand in hand a little bit. But again, mm -hmm. that there still needs to be a balance because, again, you know, all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And while we're talking about leaders and leaderships, Dr. Hughes, uh, this is a great opportunity for you to talk about your pillars of leadership. <laughs> Book yeah, that is um, available. So why don't you give the people a little snippet of that? Yeah, my uh, my first published book was Pillars for Christian Mentoring, and I actually do detail um, the different uh, talk about some of these different leadership styles. But uh, the pillars are actually a model of how you can identify where you are in your uh, mentoring relationship. But it also you know, really, again, talks about how to apply those leadership styles mm -hmm. and balance them out while you are a mentor or leading others. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you can be a, an informal mentor if you're a manager on your job, you're mentoring people. I mean, let's be real here. Mm -hmm. um, we try to think of it in formal terms, but I mean, you, growing up, you got mentored by your mama, by your aunt, by a school teacher, by somebody in the community, maybe somebody at the Urban League or wherever. Um, somebody mentored you and really had an influence on your life. And so 
you know, the pillars are really just kind of identifying different stages. And you can apply that to your leadership style. You may be in the premature stage of becoming a servant leader. You're going to make some mistakes there, you know, then you'll graduate to the infant stage. Mm -hmm. Then you'll graduate, you know, you graduate to each one of the different stages, um, you know, of the, the mentoring relationship as a leader, because as you lead other people, you grow as well. So, um, yeah. Ain't that the truth? Listen. (laughs) Listen. <laughs> and I think that, so coming back, because neither one of us are parents, but coming back to that, that, you know, you see like the commercials that emphasize how you are with your first child, you're more mm-hmm. than likely are not with your third child. And that's because you've learned and developed as you've had children. Um, and, you know, when you, and it's funny because I, I don't, I don't think leaders are made. I think leaders are born, right? right? So if you take the wrong kind of personality, I don't care what tools you give them, what books they're reading, they're not going to be able to lead effectively because they're just not a leader. God just developed some people to be leaders and some people to be followers. And that's okay because with, with everybody can't be a chief. But I think today everybody wants to be a chief because it's so alluring and I want to be the boss. And, you know, it's a lot of responsibility and not everyone. That's just like in your own relationship at home. Well, God created the man to be the head for a reason. Right. He didn't create woman to have to bear the weight of certain things. So just keeping that in mind of knowing your role, are you a leader should you start the business? We've, we've talked about this in previous shows. Should you really start the business or should you sell the idea? Because it might not be your job to lead. Or if you do have the business, maybe you bring in someone who co-manages with you so that they can lead the, the day-to-days and you just focus on one area and, and really determine your strength. So uh, where can they find your book? You can find my book on Amazon.com as well as on my website, www.globalmentorcoach.com. When you order from my website, your book is autographed. Nice. So um, pick that up and have a look-ski. I have one. I've read it. Uh, I've skimmed it. Let me be honest. I've skimmed it. It's a big book, people. It's a lot of knowledge. And so it's more to me like a reference and you keep Mm -hmm. coming back to it um, because you're never... You've never plateaued in mentoring and leading. You, you always, these are books that you're always going to come back to right. and brush up on and reread. So um, Pillars of Christian, Men- I always get the title wrong. No, I said Pillars for Christian Mentoring. Chris, Pillars for Christian Mentoring, or yeah. I like to say Pillars for Leadership because they really are yeah. um, talking about the leadership, but I'm not changing the title of her book. Pillars for Christian <laughs> Might be Mentoring. another book though. <laughs> <laughs> By Dr. Ton- Latonya Hughes. Please pick it up on Amazon. So the fourth kind of um, leader, let's talk about a situational leader. Oh, Oh, yes, (laughs) yes. Um, Situational leaders, um, you know, I don't know. They have um, a democratic leadership style. However, um, you know, when they're, they're, phone when they're honing in on a certain subject then they'll they'll kind of switch so and then when they're in another difficult situation then they'll kind of switch again yep and so they are a very 
complex type of leader because they they're kind of switching it up all the time on people. Mm-hmm. There is a, it's an inconsistent leadership style. Correct. And it's it that can be very difficult. It's difficult to follow a situational leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a certain kind of um, flexibility. And the way your mind works, you have to be able to just kind of go there with that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, if you are a very uh, organized person, a situational leadership following someone who has a situational leadership style will frustrate you mm-hmm. um, because you you're looking for consistency and, 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 you know, you like things in a certain way and situational leaders aren't like that. Um, a lot of troubleshooters follow a situational leadership style because their job is to troubleshoot. So what works in one environment won't work in another. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you know, this is kind of good for people who bounce around as troubleshooters or, you know, even some consultants because, you know, it's, it's, it really does depend on who you're leading and what you are leading. Um, again, this is another one that needs to be balanced. Yeah, because it's very, for me, I know it's very frustrating where I will have a very same situation and before you, you disciplined me in this way, or we came to a resolution in this way. And the only difference in the two situations might be this person you've known longer. Right. Or like, like I'm talking about, like if it was a customer complaint. Right. So let's say the first one, A, situation A is the customer is a brand new customer and they complained about X, Y, and Z and you handled it in this way. And then customer B comes along and you've had a relationship with this customer for 10 years. And now X, Y, and Z, exact same thing that happened to customer A, but because you've known them longer, you're going to do different for them. That's very frustrating because then it never empowers the employee. The employee feels like, well, I don't know what decision to make because you did it over here for this person this way. Same situation over here. You did it for this person, which is now going to create another situation. If another customer comes in wanting the same thing, what are you going to tell them? No. So you Mm -hmm. never know which way to go. It does. It, it it creates confusion in the workplace. And like you said, it doesn't set a good model or example for employees to know what to do in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, like you said, in, 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 the, in that case, you can empower. That's not an empowered workforce. No, and it does. And it, it, it kind of hinders um, morale, if not, it demotivates the workforce Correct. because then now they're thinking that's not fair. So mm-hmm. now you have a different mentality. And now what that leads to is disengaged employees. Correct. What you don't want is disengaged employees because they're, they're kind of going to feel like, well, what's the point? Correct. You know, I, you know, and then, you know, it just kind of, it's downhill from there. Yep. And it, it, it decreases morale, but remember people decreased morale, disengagement equals less productivity. Yep. You have drones at work. You might as well have a kiosk, right. uh, automated kiosk at that point. Right. Um, so you, you really have to be careful with uh, this type of leadership style. Consistency is key and empowering your people to make informed decisions is key. And when you take that away from them and they feel like they're on shaky ground where at any moment the ground could give way, 
well, who wants to work in that kind of environment? It's just right. it's too much stress, too much stress. So too much stress. Um, number five, we're kind of blowing right through these, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll do a lot more than five for you. <laughs> we don't want to give you only a half an hour show. That would be robbing you. Um, so number five we'll talk about is the uh, transactional leader. Mm, tit for tat. That's what I call that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead. You go ahead and break that one down. You had a lot. Of <laughs> you know, I, I like transactional is pretty much it's an exchange. You give me something for something. It's something for something. It's mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it boils down to. If then, you know, mm-hmm. that's another way to look at it. If you do this, then this mm-hmm. um, is very, very impersonal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very impersonal, you know, and and. It's like you do well, you get a treat. Right. You don't do well, you don't get a treat. Right. Think yeah. of a pet owner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I mean, I just, I, that's, yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> Again, that's not very motivating. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily demotivating. It's just kind of blah. It's just, you know, it's just an exchange for goods and services. But what exactly, it's no depth. There's no depth to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And depending on how that transaction goes, will create, the type of environment. So if this transaction doesn't go well, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you always know? on pins and needles. Right. Yeah. Right. Because some things are out of your control. You can't yeah. control who comes in the store. You right. can't control, you know, and so it's like too much is on. Well, if you don't, if you don't sell 15 widgets today, then or else. Right you know, type of mentality is where they have unrealistic sales goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw this with Wells Fargo it, that yeah. oh, good last year, their leadership. Goodness. It was all about transactions, transactions, transactions. They set all of these unrealistic expectations, which led to questionable business practices because it's like, I need my job. Right. And if I don't drive these numbers, I won't have a job. I can personally attest to this because I know someone who worked in a banking center. I'm not going to say the name of the bank. Yeah. But in the call center and they had unrealistic sales goals. They were high in all of these other numbers, customer retention and customer feedback, everything concerning the customer they were high in. But because they didn't make sales numbers, Mm -hmm. numbers, they lost their job because it was Mm -hmm. all about them. They were like, we hate to, we hate to do this because you really are a great employee. All of your other numbers are great, especially when it comes to the customer. But this is the number that the company looks at. And yeah. you're not hitting it. Yeah. And so that's one of those things that, you know, when you set these unrealistic expectations and these goals mm-hmm. and people don't meet them, then, you know, you have one high turnover. Yes. And it just it just really doesn't lead to, uh, you know, a positive work environment. And, you know, it really does something to people. And again, it leads to things like what happened with Wells Fargo, where people start doing whatever is necessary to keep their job to make these numbers And, you know, and it's sickening because it's like, okay, banks, how much more money do you need? You know, and if you were doing so great, then why did you need to do what you did to people in the mortgage scene? That's a whole nother subject. But but why do you need these unrealistic sales goals? Why do you need these unrealistic sales goals? Because let's let's face it. At the end of the day, there's only so many widgets people can consume. Like I have to say, I I have an employee who was an employee of Wells Fargo and it was like, but this person already has five checking accounts. 
Like how many more checking accounts does this person need? You know, and they would literally be getting in trouble because they didn't open up a new savings account for this person. And it's like the, 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 the human rationale and practicality has flown completely out of the window. Yeah. When it comes um, to sales. Right. I mean, if you look at uh, Bank of America is doing something similar where they just got rid of the free checking account for certain kinds of consumers. I, I, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, when I saw that, I was like, they're just going back to their original business model. That was not their original client. And that's okay. But guess what? That's transactional leadership. It may not always work in the best interest of everybody. It might work in the best interest of the employees, but not the customer or vice versa. Correct. But, you know, transactional leadership is not, it's it's one of those leadership styles where, I mean, any type of leadership style, you're not going to please everybody, but specifically transactional leadership, you're not going to please everybody. Somebody is going to be on the bad end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and with that, those were uh, five different types of leadership styles. Um, uh, participative, autocratic, servant leader, situational and transactional. And we're going to take a little break. And we will be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. All righty, and we're back with Business in Black. And today we're talking about types of leadership styles. And listen, you know, there are ebbs and flows to being a type of any type of leader. There's give and takes, there's push and pulls. You can't lead all people the same way. It just doesn't, if you want a creative, stimulating, productive, engaging environment, if you don't care about that kind of stuff, then you crack the whip on people or, you know, you do it the way that you see fit. But if you want a productive and thriving um, environment for your employees that will produce um, harmony in your business and less stress and low turnover, then listening to some of these and finding out which ones work well for you in a um, consistent effort where your employees can know, you know, not, oh, well, it's going to be this for this case, but if I'm Susie, then it's going to be that you know, for the same case. But, you know, I, I just, I, I, I detest situational leadership. I think it's the worst. Um, but, and I detest autocratic. I, I think they're, they're horrible forms of leadership. But um, if you, if you really want to engage your people, you know, you have to engage them on all levels um, and lead by example and all of those good things that um, any leader would be. So um, we're helping you determine what kind of leader that you want to be. Um, you don't have to be the kind of leader because oftentimes maybe your mentor taught you that this is the type of leader you have to be. And the type of people that you're leading, maybe it just doesn't, isn't as effective for them. So, you know, there's just, you have to, you have to learn how to go with the flow to some degree, but have a baseline of what you um, believe in and how you have decided to perform. So the next one we'll talk about is the laissez-faire leadership. And Latanya, Dr. Hughes over here is cracking up because it's a joke. Uh, Literally, laissez-faire means, hey, 
And our let them go, go do it. No problem. It right. is what it is. Probably be fine. Hands <laughs> off. Hands <laughs> like, off leadership. I don't know. I don't see anything, you know. Um, listen, it, it could be really good for creative people. And you just say, hey, graphic designer, you have the brain. Bring me back what you think it should be. And I'll tweak it. And I do that, actually, with my designers. Um, but for other kinds of jobs, maybe not so good because people like, especially like when you're in a factory situation and you're pushing out widgets and it's like, okay, I I talked to a lady who used to work for, um, GM factory. And she said, you know, as an inspector, she had 30 seconds to inspect an entire vehicle. And it was like 60 points on the vehicle she had to inspect. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And I said, wait, what? She was like, yeah. And you know, like you get so used to it that your eye just catches everything and it knows what's out of place, right? So probably not the kind of job that you would have a laissez-faire leadership style with, but a creative job, definitely you would probably have this kind of um, leadership or with people who are really super experienced. You have to have a very uh, trusting mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. And when I say trusting, meaning you have to have trusted employees. You have to have employees who have excellent work ethic. Correct. You know, you you <laughs> you, this, you can't just this because this is the kind of leadership where you're going to turn your eye to the wall. I'm going in my office and don't bother me. And this right. is, y'all know what y'all supposed to be doing. I'm not about to babysit kind of leadership. Mm-hmm. I've seen this. I've seen it in the church. I've seen it in the community. I've seen it in the workplace. I mean, I've seen it in homes, parenting. You know, let me tell you something. There's a reason why um, the jail system and, 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 you know, the criminal system is the way it is with prisons and, 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 and parole officers are in place. Why? You, you take a laissez-faire approach to any incarcerated situation and the inmates will run the asylum. Correct. You, you, there's, there's a reason why there's order and rules in place. And with a laissez-faire, I'm telling you, when I say you have to have people with excellent mm-hmm. work ethic, mm-hmm. that's almost non-existent these days, because let's be honest, folks will be on, on Facebook and, and, and the internets all day mm-hmm. with that kind of, I'm, I'm serious because people do it now. And we'll get an attitude when you actually expect them to work. Right. Well, guess what? You've created this environment where they can do what they want to do, but you can't give people that kind of autonomy because at the end of the day, it's just like your children. You give your children too much autonomy and you may have really good kids that you're imparting some great knowledge and, and great um, you know, values and systems in place. But everybody out there that's on the internet doesn't mean your children any good. Right. There are pedophilia is real. And so guess what? As a parent, you monitor or you should be monitoring should be you know, their, you know, their activity, especially on the internet or in, you know, in the community. You if you're at the playground and having a play date, you're gonna watch your child, you're gonna keep your eye on your child. You're not just gonna sit on the park beach 50 yards away from your child Have and just, time, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. And then next thing you know, somebody's walked off with your child. No, you know, so you have to think about laissez-faire and that is basically hands-off leadership. I'm going to sit back. 
and just, you know, see what you're going to do. And well, and it's also a likened to not taking ownership, too, because guess who they're going to blame? Exactly. That's they're going to say, it. well, you didn't do it right. I told you what to do. Why? How come you didn't do it right? Exactly. So, you know, um, there's lack of ownership as an employer. And, and and that's not to say that the employer should always take on the ownership because like you say, if you've given the information, they should know what to do with it. But um, this is truly a blame game situation if things go awry. So probably not the best type of leadership. What's your favorite type of leadership, Dr. Hughes? <laughs> uh, my favorite is uh, a combination of visionary and transformation. Mm-hmm. I love those uh, two um, because, again, without vision, where are you going? Right. Um, and transformation, all about change, improvement. I think we learn and grow every day mm-hmm. and we shouldn't be stuck in one style or one way of doing things. But again, I mean, throughout the show, I've always talked about just a com- combining leadership. I think if you're a transformational leadership, of course, you're cert- to transform people, you need to serve people. So that's kind of my, my, my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like those two, uh, a combination of the two. Um, because again, without vision, where are you going? Great. Uh, and, you know, transformation, you know, making things better. Um, and change is very hard for mm-hmm. folks, mm-hmm. Um, but it's necessary for growth, for development, uh, for productivity, for bottom line profits. Um, because if you get to a point in your organization where everything remains flat and stagnant, there's no growth. It's not going up. It's not going down. Eventually, you will see things change, but they won't be going up. Right. Uh, so you've got to constantly be, you need vision to continuously go up, which is, you know, vision, innovation, be innovative, um, be, you know, ingenuity. Um, to me, all of that is vision. Um, mm-hmm. Always look into the future. What's, what's the next thing so that you can be ahead of the trends instead of following trends. So to me, I think vision, being a visionary leader is important. Um, and then just acting on that to bring about that necessary change to grow as an individual and an organization. So um, those are my two kind of. Yeah. I've always likened to the transformational leader. So we'll we'll go ahead and talk about that guy or gal right now. Um, So this really depends on high levels of communication from management to meet the goals. Excuse me. Um, You're going to motivate your employees to enhance the productivity. Um, through communication and high visibility. And so when I think about my leadership style, I'm very, I'm a hybrid between this and mm, I'm, I'm not a laissez-faire where I'm hands off, but I give room to breathe mm-hmm. and I give room to make mistakes because if you don't, then people don't necessarily learn how to be self-thinkers. They learn how to be good robots. Yeah. And so I try to give the information and then make them responsible for the information by implementing the information the way that they think it should be implemented. And then we have to correct from there. I think that sounds like more like a, a little bit of uh, charismatic leadership mm-hmm. um, where you motivate and inspire mm-hmm. to move forward in the information shared, um, mm-hmm. you know, because people need that boost to kind of, okay, what do I do with this information now? Yeah. Uh, so that's good. 
Yeah. I, I, you know, I try. And then you have, sometimes you'll have to switch it up too, because people aren't used to a charismatic or transformational leader. They're really not. And then they will, um, take a, for try and take advantage of it and take it for granted. Yeah. And they'll try and turn it into a laissez-faire situation. And right. it's really not. It's it's more of a you're you're trying to empower the people to be self-thinkers because we don't want a bunch of drones. We don't want a bunch of robots. So you want to give people decision-making skills and you know showing their leadership because they might be the perfect person to move into a new management position. So you, you have to let people blossom into what kind of person and employee that they are, but you still have to have some reign and some control because things still need to be pushed out a certain way by a certain time to meet goals and ensure productivity and efficiency that's in the facility. And so it's kind of like, um, where, you know, you want to have the opinions of people because they may have great things to implement, but then it takes a process to implement it. It's not like, oh, okay, well, Dr. Hughes came up with that. Let's, everybody's going to change to this new idea. No, this is a great idea, Dr. Hughes. Let's work it and see how we can work it in the new system. Right. And it roll out over a time period. So um, you're, you're allowing people to be participants in the process as well to transform. And so we can see where this failed in, in certain new businesses that popped up, i.e. Netflix. You know, they, they were not that type of leadership where they wanted to listen to the grunt worker, the drone, the employee down on the lower levels that say, hey, Blockbuster, hey, I think we should, you know, have this kind of, um, this kind of widget, like people should be able to go to a kiosk and get these DVDs and they say, bah humbug, you don't know what you're talking about. And now guess who's standing and guess who's not. Right. So, um, I think we can embrace a little bit more, um, in all of the way that we lead. So let's talk about transformational leader. Um, so they, because uh, I, I got off topic. So <laughs> uh, these leaders motivate employees and enhance productivity as a result of their motivation. Um, and the style of leadership is also, um, it requires uh, involvement of management to meet the goals. So that means you're willing to roll your sleeves up at a moment's notice and you dive right in Um in order to get things done, um, you want to stay focused, though, on the big picture. You don't want to do that for a long time period because you'll get lost and bogged down by the minute details. Those minute details should be regulated over to someone else, delegated, excuse me, over to someone else. But And you keep eyes on the, the big picture. But when necessary, you will step into the trenches um, and help people out. What I love, uh, I, you make, you said some very key things that I really, really, you know, I think is great. Um, one of the things that I, uh, you, you know, is you give room for people to make mistakes, um, but also just be that guiding hand. And that's kind of what transformational leaders do. Um, you know, and I love that the point that you made about, um, you know, somebody being the next manager. That's, that's another thing that transformational leaders do. They coach. They're always looking for the next replacement. Mm-hmm. Because they don't see it as a replacement. Mm-hmm. They see it as an opportunity 
mm-hmm. um, to cultivate a culture within the organization that says we care about our employees. And so it, it creates an environment where people are motivated to give their very best. And now you have employees who are vested mm-hmm. into the company. They're engaged because there's, you know, what it's saying is, I see something in you and I want to cultivate that talent because there's greatness on the inside of you that we can use in this company. And it's going to be to both of our benefit and they keep going. So when you see, when people see promotion and opportunity from within, Mm. or when they see a manager that says, I see something in you, there's potential. Let me groom you so that even if there's no room for you in this company to grow, I'll find some way for you. I'll bring out that good stuff in you so that when an opportunity, when I find or hear of an opportunity, I can help you get there. And I think that's huge um, because you don't find that too much anymore, especially in a time where companies are not um, making that kind of investment in their employees the way they used to. And I think we should come back to that. That's one thing I've been preaching is to come back to building in, building up through investing in our employees. Yes. We have to come back to that because people, you know, well, on top of that, we need to come back to some normal pricing or raise wages. One of the two has to give because people making $13 an hour cannot afford $1,500 rent. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. But, um, you know, you, you just really have to be in tune with people as a transformational leader, um, and really know, and 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 the biggest thing I, I took away from what you said, Doctor Hughes, was I'm not threatened. Right. It's it's a non-threatening environment. I'm not threatened that Doctor Hughes, even though she's my employee and I manage her, is smarter than me. I want to find out how I can take that and use it to my advantage. Right. 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 And that you know, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something that is extremely empowering to an employee. You know, let let me tell you something. A position does not make a leader. Correct. Um, There's a whole lot of people in leadership roles right now, today, that should not be. Um, (laughs) And it shouldn't be that way. Um, There's too much questionable leadership going on. And in a time like we are experiencing now where we're seeing the the integrity of leadership um, everywhere, you want to you'd be the kind of leader that says, you know, what does my legacy leave for me? And 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 not being afraid of people like like Miss Harris said, who are smarter than you, just because they're under you doesn't mean that they don't have anything to contribute. Listen, everybody has something to supply. Yep, they sure Tap do. Into that because again, if you're if you if if you if the purpose is for the organization as a whole, mm-hmm. then you have to get past, past yourself. Right. Well, and and oftentimes people who are smarting you, what they try and do is they try and thumb you down yeah, and keep you under their thumb and, and want to control you and want to, um, you know, like milk you for all your goodness. And that's people who are good recognize that. And what will happen is because you've now tried to manipulate and control and you haven't embraced them, they'll leave. Right. People leave leaders. They don't leave jobs. Yeah. 
people leave and I know, you know, that take that tongue in cheek because, you know, obviously if it's a job that's not in their field and they're doing it while they're in college, that's one thing. I'm talking about like professionals who have been in the workforce for some time. People lead leaders, leave leaders. They don't leave, I mean, they don't leave the job. They leave the leadership. So just think right. about that as you consider what type of leader that you are uh, now and what kind of leader you're trying to become and develop into. And we're going to take a little bit of a break. And you're listening to Business Black. And, oh, excuse me. I can't speak today. My voice is off. Everything is off. We're listening to Business in Black. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. Alrighty, and we are back with Business in Black, your weekly podcast on everything starting, growing, building, succeeding in business. And today we're talking about types of leadership styles. And we've gone through quite a few, a lot more than I said that we would in the beginning. And that's good for you um, because the more you know, the more you grow. And um, the next kind of leader that we're going to talk about is the charismatic leader. Um, which Dr. Hughes has told you already, that is more of my style of leadership. So this is, and, and the reason why earlier I said I'm kind of a hybrid with transformational is because it is kind of a hybrid with transformational. Um, there's a lot of overlap for a charismatic and a transformational leader. Um, we're very um, personable people. You know, I, every, every employee that sits in front of me, I know I have to talk to a different way. I take mm-hmm. into consideration, like I started the show out and saying there are 16 different types of personalities, root personalities that they have found in science. And from there, you know, there are all of these hybrids, but I understand that. And so I don't, I can't manage this guy the same as I do that guy or this woman as the same as I do that woman. I have to, know their personalities, know what works for them, know my personality, and then know how to change as I need to change to make it a more favorable, a more productive environment that my employees will thrive in, our goals are met, and they feel empowered. That's my biggest concern as a leader because they may not stay with me forever. And I want to make sure that they get everything they're supposed to get from me to go to their next spot in life. That's the kind of leader that I am. Um, Some people don't like us (laughs) um, because, you know, projects may lack, initiatives may lack. Um, I'm not going to be honing over you, like saying, get the work done, get the work done, get the work done. I'm going to give you your task and I'm going to go in my office. I'm going to work on my work. And then we're going to come back out and I'm going to say, hey, did you get to complete? And so it's up to you to come to me and say, hey, I don't understand this. Or did you need it this way? Or did you need it that way? But once you start to train your employees of this is how things will work, they actually embrace it and they really like it. And they go, gosh, I've never had an employer like you that gives me so much leeway to figure out the way that I like doing it. I'm still getting the work done. It's still in a timely fashion. We're still being productive and hitting our goals from it, but it makes me feel good. It's almost like you're trying to force a right-handed child to write left-handed, right? So you don't want to force 
the child to write in the wrong hand because they're feeling uncomfortable. So I like to give them the lead way to say, okay, figure it out. Figure out the best way it is because what I think is best may not be best for you. So I've told you the way that I would do it. You figure it out. Come back to me with a solution. And and once they get used to that type of leadership and that type of environment, then people start to thrive from what I've noticed. Um, I agree. I agree totally. I think, you know, think of all the the, the famous, and I say this in quotes, uh, charismatic leaders. Why were they so um, successful? Because it's more than just saying it with enthusiasm. It's mm-hmm. giving them, giving people space and opportunity to act. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. And sometimes it means getting in there with them. Yep. Um, to show them how, because sometimes you can spell it out, but some people are visual and kinesthetic learners. Like mm-hmm. me, I'm a visual and kinesthetic learner. So you can tell it to me and you can spell it out detail by detail, but sometimes it still doesn't click until I see it in mm-hmm. action, you know? And that's okay. That That's totally okay. But I think, you know, it, it really does boil down to you can be, I mean, you can win people over. Mm-hmm. But until you give them space and opportunity to operate and function in what you've just shared, all of that was really for nothing. So right. you just I, sound I good. Right. <laughs> You're just preaching a good message, you know. But, but huh? you have to give people the opportunity to grow. Yes. Um, and so, you know, one of the notes is that as a transformational leader, you're building confidence as a charismatic leader, you're building confidence in your team. Um, you know, just be wary. And this is where my transformational side comes out because my goal is when I'm gone, then the team remains the same. The team remains empowered, right? Versus a charismatic leader, when they move on, it's like all of a sudden chaos ensues. Well, I think that doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the leader, And the charismatic style, I think it has to do with the lack of embracing of that style and the lack of um, people knowing behind them. If they're a situational leader, stepping into charismatic leadership, it's just going to be hell in a handbasket, right? So just be wary of that. And so that's why I try and hybrid the two um, so that it's the most effective leadership style. So we've got time for one more, maybe two. You know, I said five and we're at darn near 10 now. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about the bureaucratic leader. Mm. Red tape, red tape on top of red tape. And did I say red tape? Something like a little red tape. (laughs) High regulation. So I watched a movie recently called uh, The Office Christmas Party. And this reminds me of the HR person that was there. I was like, "Mm -mm, get down. You can't do that. No, no, no. Oh, no. You can't say that. No, 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 no. They are like regulating to the T. Everything you do, everything you say, uh, it's like you stepped on the crack. You definitely broke your mama's back. Like you definitely have screwed something up because you stepped over the red line. And 
you know, basically this is a by the book person, everything. There is no situation that is like, well, empathy because my mom just died. You know, Mm -hmm. there is just like, sorry, by the book, you were two minutes late. I got to write you up. You know, it's just straight to the T, straight to the heels, straight to the books. Um, And we're laughing, but to be honest, this is how HR people are. Yes. This is how government people are. Correct. Once a rule is in place, this is it. IRS. Correct. Anybody else. You know what I mean? Like people get frustrated with bureaucratic red tape. You hear that all the time. Mm. And it can be frustrating because there's no room for, like she said, no room for gray. There's no room for adjustments. There's no room for, well, you know, you know, such and such. No, 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 no. This is what it says. I'm sometimes I can be that way. You know, I I have no shame in my game. I'm black and white with certain things. Correct. And And you have to be with. If my job says late is late, late is late, and you might can you know make adjustments for five or ten minutes, mm-hmm. that's it. Like I'm not stepping outside of that because this is what's in place, and they do it for a reason. So mm-hmm. again, the inmates don't run the asylum. That's correct, internal or external. Because if you're not careful, your customers will run your business. Correct. And that's not good for your stakeholders because that's just one stakeholder. You have more than one stakeholder in a business. Right. And so, you know, there's a time and a place for it, but not all the time. So right. if, you're, if that's right. your leadership style, you're going to need some other leadership styles to go with that. Correct. Correct. You won't have a lot of people following you. And if, and if you don't have folks following you, even just a little bit, even one person, you're not leading anything but yourself. Mm. And in that regard, you need to do a self-reflection and do a leadership checkup on your leadership style to see how effective you are leading your own life. Because if you're not realizing your potential and the things that you say that you want, you know, then your leadership style and how you are leading yourself Mm -hmm. needs an adjustment. Absolutely. Well, I hope you learned something today as always on the type of leadership styles that are available. Um, try to give you some good, the bad and the ugly examples for you to take away of, you know, humoring yourself of what kind of leader you feel like you are. Of course, if you want more detail, you can always go to, um, I, I write a blog about every, um, every time we talk. So you can go to the website, um, business intelligencecoach.com and uh, please go on Amazon and um, order a book from Dr. Hughes yeah. in Christian leadership a mentorship excuse me leadership I keep saying leadership I guess I'm like prophesying a new book that's coming out hey. <laughs> but um listen which it, it touches on leadership she is yeah. kind of like a leadership expert in my opinion so you definitely want to go get that book and check it out Uh, And we thank you as always. We hope you have a productive week, a productive year. We're in the second month already. Can we believe that? It is Valentine's Day already. And um, the the year is kind of flying by. So don't let that be your excuse of why you didn't do what it was that you said you were going to do last year for this year. Be diligent about your time. Be be cautious about your time because of where you're spending your time and who you're spending your time with. Get around people who are good for you, good for your business, and who help you move to the next level because that's what it's all about. We hope we're those people for you. If you have any questions and if you have any comments, 
uh, please drop us a line anywhere online. I'm business intelligence coach and Dr. Hughes is global mentor coach. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Have a great day. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris.